0: Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Divorced Girl Smiling podcast. My name is Jackie Pilisoff, and I'm your host. I'm the founder of Divorced Girl Smiling, the company that connects people facing divorce with trusted, vetted divorce professionals. We're also a podcast, a website, a mobile app, and I offer the free consult. Before we get started, I want to take a minute and recommend. A wonderful therapy practice. It is called Affiliates and Counseling and they have offices in Naperville, Chicago, and Northbrook. And I know many of the therapists in the practice and they are wonderful and they have a lot of therapists. They all have different niches. They can see couples, individuals, adults, young adults, and children. I truly think that anybody going through a divorce should consider very seriously going to therapy. So if you need one, I'd highly recommend Affiliates in Counseling. And if you want to find them, their website is affiliatesincounseling.net, or you can find them in the Trusted Professional section of Divorced Girl Smiling. So one of the most difficult questions that people have in their lives. I had this question and it is the hardest question maybe to answer. Should I stay or should I go? Should I break up? Should I get divorced or should I keep trying? It is a question that can drive somebody crazy. It's a question you can ask yourself for months or even years, and you just don't know the answer or what to do. Can you believe there is a book coming out that is going to help you answer that question? I just absolutely love it. And that's what we're going to talk about today. We're going to talk about things to consider when you're asking the question, should I stay or should I go? And my guest is Kate Anthony, and Kate is a coach. She's been a coach since 2010. She is a famous podcaster. Her podcast is called The Divorce Survival Guide Podcast, and she is the author of her new book coming out called The D Word, which will be out on December 26th. And Kate, I'm so
1: happy to have you here. Thank you so much, Jackie. I'm thrilled to be here with you. Thank you. Now, Kate,
0: Was I right? Do you agree with me when I said that should I stay or should I go is a, a, a torturous question?
1: Torturous. I mean, it's torturous. It goes on forever and ever and ever. And, you know, I, when I was asking myself the question, I was, I was literally, I was like, someone, someone send me a burning bush. Somebody tell me what to do. Like, Morgan Freeman, come down from the sky. Like, and I, and I was asking people, I asked everyone I knew who had been divorced um, at the time that I was agonizing. And it was a good couple of years that I was trying to figure this out. And, um, you know, people would say, well, you know, when you know, you'll know. And I'm going, but I don't know. But I don't know. I need you to tell me, when will I know? (laughs) And then you keep second guessing
0: yourself. That's right. Mm -hmm. You wanna
1: go and then you go, well, maybe I'm gonna try it
0: again. People go to Divorce Girl Smiling, they read some articles, they go, oh no, this is a nightmare. I'm not going to go through a divorce. I'm going to go make my marriage work. And then a few weeks later, they're back on the site because they just know in their gut that the right thing to do is to leave. But coming to that answer is really hard. So is that why you decided to write the book? Tell me about that.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think I wrote the book. It's sort of a culmination of the work that I've been doing for the last, you know, more than decade. um and you know i I really wrote it because I just see and hear from thousands of women. They are all asking the, you know the similar questions, right? They're all concerned about similar things. And those are the things that I really wanted to address. There are approximately eight hundred and seventy six thousand divorces annually in the U S alone. So since 69% of divorces are all, uh, initiated by women, right? You've got over 600,000 women asking this question every year. Um, and then if you account for the ones that actually stay, then the number is closer to a million and that's just in the U S. So you've got a million women right now. I- so, so it's
0: a hot question. All it's right. a hot
1: so, question. Yeah.
0: Tell me why it's so hard to make that decision. People are thinking, should I, I, I don't know if I can leave because of the kids.
1: Uh-huh. Yeah. It's a, Isn't I mean, it's an the biggest thing? It's the mm-hmm. biggest thing. And, you know, when I was struggling with this and when you were struggling with this, the, the, the word on the street, like the common knowledge was you've got to stay for the kids. You've got to stay for the kids. It doesn't matter. Um, I actually had a couples therapist who was also a parenting therapist say to me, it is far better for you to stay in an unhappy marriage and be unhappy than for you to get divorced. Like your happiness is basically on the back burner um, because of, because of your son. And what we know now is all of that has been debunked. There was a book that was written, um, uh, that sort of seems to have become the, um, I don't know, the Bible. And it was all, all of the research was debunked. None of it was peer reviewed. It was not from any, it was only from one geographic area in California, right? Like all of it was debunked. And what they know now, what researchers know now, is that divorce doesn't screw up kids. Toxicity will screw up your kids. That is in the home or in divorce. Whether you stay or go, you've got to be able to get through this as amicably as possible. And it's not always possible. Um sometimes it's just one person um who's kind of holding down the the sort of amicable fort um as it were, but that's enough. So you know, people say often to me, but my husband is abusive, or I don't really trust him with parenting, or he yells at the kids. um, And so I need to stay so that I can run interference. And what I say to that is you're not running interference. You're not. Your kids are living in a toxic environment 24-7. And that's really bad for them. And all they see is a mom saying, it's not okay. It's not okay. Don't do that. Let me protect you um, while continuing to expose them to the danger and the toxicity.
0: I have several things to say. First, that therapist, awful. I hope she's out of the business. I mean, unbelievable, right? Secondly, um, are you talking about how people stay because they want to protect their kids? Is that yeah. what you're talking about? Yeah, because- yeah, yeah. I've so been there like you don't want you know that if you get divorced, you have to give your spouse 50% of the time or whatever custody schedule and what you're saying is all of these studies show that the kids are better off with divorced parents And at least being with one parent who's really happy and a good influence, rather than being in a household that's really toxic, where there's fighting going on, and Mm -hmm. the other parent is going to be awful, whether he's getting the kids in the divorce or staying married.
1: Yeah. Well, so what happens is, right, you've got, let's say you've got two homes. One of them is you know, volatile, there's yelling, you've got a parent who doesn't know how to manage their emotions or whatever. Um, If your kids have a safe place to land, even if it's only 50% of the time, they have a place where they can go and their central nervous system gets to decompress. They get to, I, I call it, they get the gift of perspective. These children get to understand, oh, this is what, healthy, happy, you know, people, this is what a healthy, happy home feels like in comparison to this, you know, chit show over here. But if you're in it all the time, they never get that perspective. This is life to them. This is marriage to them. They will 100% repeat the patterns because why are we all here? Why did we all end up in these relationships? There was some pattern that we were repeating for the most part. I won't say 100%, but you know, for the most part. Um, when you give your children the gift of perspective, they get an option. They get something else to go, oh, wow, that's interesting. That feels a lot better. I feel a lot better over here um, where there's no emotional violence or verbal abuse or just volatility. Or
0: they get the benefit of having both parents be better parents when Absolutely. they're fed up. So it Absolutely. It like they were yelling and screaming, maybe they'll be on their better behavior and be better parents because they're so relieved to be away from the other person.
1: That's right. That's right. And maybe, you know, they'll find another another partner to whom they are better suited um, and will bring out the best in them.
0: You're listening to the Divorced Girl Smiling Podcast with Jackie Pillasoff. I'm here with Kate Anthony, coach, podcast host of the Divorce Survival Guide Podcast and soon to be author of her almost released book, The D Word. And Kate and I are talking about her new book and we're answering some questions on what to consider if you're thinking, should I stay or should I go? I'm going to take a short break. When we come back, we are going to get to, I have like three or four other things that people take into consideration when they're asking, should I stay or should I go? We'll be right back. So many women after divorce or during divorce decide to enhance their physical appearance. That might mean a facial procedure, surgery, fillers, whatever it is that you might feel you want to just look better. And if you are considering that, I want to highly recommend Dr. Jeremy Warner. He is a board certified plastic surgeon located on Chicago's North Shore. And Dr. Warner is amazing. He has been practicing for a couple of decades. He specializes in all kinds of facial procedures and fillers. And he's really a really, really trustworthy and excellent, excellent surgeon. So if you want to find out more, you can find him at warnerplasticsurgery.com or in the Trusted Professional section of Divorced Girl Smiling. I also want to take a minute to introduce the newest Divorced Girl Smiling Trusted Professional Her name is Karen Ranquist. Karen is a real estate agent for Berkshire Hathaway Home Services in Chicago. Karen has been a real estate agent since 1997. She is just so experienced, so dedicated, and so passionate about real estate. If you want to find out more about Karen, you can find her at karenranquist.com bhhs or in the Trusted Professional section of Divorced Girl Smiling. Welcome back to the Divorced Girl Smiling podcast with your host, Jackie Pilisoff. I'm here today talking about the question, should I stay or should I go? My guest is Kate Anthony. I'm so excited to have you here, Kate. We are talking about different things that people consider when they're asking that question. The second Mm -hmm. thing I wanted to ask you, Kate, is don't you think people say, well, I want to stay in my home. I need to stay married or I'm not going to be able to stay in the house.
1: What I will say is, first of all, keeping the marital home is one of the biggest financial mistakes that women can make in divorce, especially um, if you've been a stay-at-home mom and I think that if we've been a stay, if we've been stay at home moms, as I was, um, we are a little bit more attached to our homes because like, that's our work. That is our, we've, we've right. put our souls into it. Right. Um, and you know, those mortgages can be expensive. You, I could have afforded to stay in my house maybe for two years, the two years of spousal support that I was going to get. But beyond that, I mean, I, it would have been a disaster. With mortgage rates, uh, with interest rates the way that they are right now, a, a refi might like, will, will you know, raise your monthly payment drastically. Excuse right. me, drastically. It didn't, it didn't make that much of a difference when it was 2%,
0: but now it's 8%. That's a huge difference.
1: It's a huge difference. And also, by the way, you might not qualify for the refi, right? So, um, you know, talk to a um, divorce lending specialist because they'll be able to like run the numbers and run your credit and all of that because you might not even be able to qualify. So you're fighting for something. And by the way, your attorney's not going to tell you that. So you could fight for this thing and then get it in the divorce and then try to get a mortgage and be screwed, right? So there's that piece of it, but also wherever you go is home to your children especially if you've been a stay-at-home mom, a house is just a house. Don't fight to keep something that really might hurt you financially um, in the long run, because your kids will be fine as long as they're with you. Absolutely. And a lot
0: of people who really want to keep their homes, what I say to them is, would you rather stress out every month about cracking this big nugget of a mortgage, or would you rather take have money to take a trip with your kids to That's Disney right. World or Europe or whatever? And there's That's a right. lot of things you have to give up if you're keeping your house. Sometimes, I'm not talking about everybody. You know, but that's why it's important to have a financial advisor that you trust who can go over it with you. And as Kate said, a mortgage lender, a certified divorce lending professional, CDLP, those two people will help you make the decision. Can you stay in your house and don't yes. stay in your marriage so that you can stay in your home? That's the biggest mistake
1: of all. Those oh my God. People do it. You know, and listen. I think this points to something that i that I talk about in my book, too, which is uh, values, right? And look, if you value money and your and your home and sort of the trappings of a material life more than you value intimacy or, uh, and and I'm not making any judgment about that, right? We have to understand who we are and what our what our values are, and I if right, if that's what you value, absolutely make that choice, but make it consciously. Just know that that's what you're choosing. You may be choosing a lack of intimacy. You may be choosing, um, you know, sometimes emotional abuse. You may be choosing certain things in order to maintain the lifestyle that you value above other things. And if that's the choice that you want to make based on your personal values, by all means, but just be really clear about that for yourself, right? Um, because there's a the reality of what your marriage may be. Right, And then there's also the reality of what your lifestyle may be if you were to leave. And if you can't sort of fathom that, then, you know, and listen, I also want to address the, the, you know, the other sort of elephant in the room, which is that there are a lot of people who just, who can't afford to support themselves. Um, I know I live in Southern California and there are a lot of women here who literally couldn't afford to move right now because the rents are sky high. Interest rates are so high. Home prices are stupid, right? And so it's a real consideration. It's not just like, well, I value, it's like, I actually actually can't afford to leave, right? And that's a very real consideration for people um, that I don't want to gloss over. And that's, I'm so glad you said that because we don't
0: want to seem like we're judging, but you have to weigh out everything and then decide. Mm -hmm. But if you- are only staying in your home because you just love it and it's so beautiful, but you know you would be okay if you got a smaller home or a town home, but you just don't want to leave. I don't really think, you know, you really better think about your values and priorities.
1: That's right. That's right. And that's fine, right? But just make sure that you're really clear on them for yourself.
0: Okay, Kate, next one people think about when they're thinking, should I stay or should I go is, I don't want to be alone. Oh, I'm yeah. afraid to be alone. Yeah. Tell me about that.
1: Well, you know, my book is laid out in a particular order for a reason. Um, the very first thing when you're trying to make this decision that I believe that people must do is self-work. Because when you've been in an unhappy marriage for any period of time, you tend to lose your sense of self. You tend to not know who you are anymore. You don't recognize yourself. You're a shell of your former self. And the first thing we have to do is get that that part back. Um, When you feel like a shell of yourself, when you perhaps have some codependent traits where you're really um, getting your sense of self and identity from others, um, being alone sounds terrifying. But when you're really clear on who you are and you, you know, you have really solid self-esteem, being alone' not that bad. Um, what I hear is, but well, what if I'm alone forever? Mm-hmm. And my answer to that is usually, what if you are? What What if you are, right? Is that the worst thing in the world? And for women, it kind of is we're kind of taught that that's the worst thing in the world you know you're you know now we're getting into spinster you know territory and you know we're it's terrible um but it's actually and, not
0: and older people as you get older it's it's really harder and harder to be alone i think for people but i want to say something about that being alone meaning i don't have a boyfriend and i live alone and i'm now an empty nester is not the same as being alone and being miserable and lonely and all that you can be without a boyfriend living alone being an empty nester and have the most happy fulfilling life in the world and the keys are surrounding yourself with friends being social doing things you love you know, doing things that make you proud of yourself. Those are the things that facilitate not being lonely. You could be in a marriage and feel really alone and you're married, you're living with someone. So I always say the most stressful part about being scared to be alone
1: is the stress of being scared to be alone. (laughs) Yeah, I think that's great. I think you're absolutely right, right? And there's nothing more lonely than being lonely in a relationship. You're right. I mean, there's nothing worse. And I have been single by choice for like six years and, you know, like, because I'm not going to settle, I'm not willing to settle for, you know, anything less than what really works for me. Mm -hmm. Um, and I'm, Fine. I'm happy. I've got a book coming out. My business is good. My podcast is great. My kid is great. Like it's fine. Would I love that absolutely. I would love it. Of course I would love a partner to like, you know, I don't want to say get on my train or get on his train, but like well, you know, our trains can can sort oh. of, you know, ride side by side. That would be great. And if that happens, I would be thrilled. But I am no longer the girl who is desperate for that. And that um, is why I am 100% sure
0: you will not end up alone. <laughs> oh, that's let's hope. Because you have to be at peace and okay with it. Mm-hmm. And yeah. being alone, again, does not mean sitting home night after night by yourself. Kate, I'm sure you don't sit home night after night by yourself. You seem like a pretty social person to me.
1: Well, you know, I do actually spend a lot of nights at home alone, and 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 you know, look, I think there was a little pandemic like you know uh, rut that I got into. Um, I do, and also, I also go out and I have fun and I have amazing friends. I have tons of them. Uh, you know, I'm leaving tomorrow for Cabo. Okay. <laughs> Okay, Kate, tell my listeners though, Mm.
0: it's not like you got all these friends and didn't even try. You have to make an effort. You have to reach out to people, especially when you're separated and newly divorced. You have to create your community, you know? So tell my
1: listeners how you did that. How did you end up with so many friends? Oh, well, you know, I I'm lucky in that I have friend friendship groups that have the spanned decades. I've got an incredibly core, tight core college group, um, are family, they're my siblings. Um, I have an incredibly tight, uh, group of women that I went to elementary school with. Um, so I have sort of those sort of baked in friendships, but, you know, when I first got divorced, I really spent a lot of time with divorced people because, you know, I sought them out because there were all these married people. And, you know, you do start to feel a little ostracized. People are not inviting you out as much because you're not a couple and they think it's weird. Right. Um, Or they're intimidated, whatever it is. Um, But it is important to find your people and find your community and find those people that are going to be there for you. Um, And then, you know, over the years, I've done things like I have, and another core very close uh group of women that I've been working out with at, for 10 years or more than 10 years, probably 12 years at this point. Um and, you know, before the pandemic, we showed up every, you know, three, four mornings a week, nine o'clock after drop off, we would show up at the at the gym and all meet on the mat to stretch. And there were days when I would show up in floods of tears. Of uh, someone else, like you would walk in and they'd just be sitting there crying. And like it we built and developed a very close, uh, friendship because of it. Cause that's what women do. you
0: know. Right. I'm so glad you said that because there's a lot of people listening who might not have these college friends or even yeah. high school friends, but it is so possible to make good friends after divorce and they're going to become your best friends. And Kate, I have such a similar story to you. When I got divorced, I was working out. I went to this community gym and we all worked out together and I would fight back tears and then the class would start and I'd be like, okay, okay. And I would forget mm-hmm. about it, It'd be good. Right. And there was one girl in the class and someone said, see that girl right there? She's getting divorced too. So I went up to her and I said, hey, I heard you're getting divorced. Like, so am I. Would you want to get together for like a cup of coffee or a glass of wine? We became best friends that year. We did everything together. I always tell people getting divorced. I used to tell my kids this when they were in junior high. You only need one friend. That's where it starts. That's right. That's right. And then people started like coming up to us and saying like, Hey, I'm getting divorced. I heard you guys go out a lot. Can I come? Sure. And then it was this big group of people and it was so much fun. And I learned so much and I learned how to be independent and just have friends and be by myself. And I was by myself for a long time. Yeah,
1: exactly. Right. And, and, and part of it starts with being vulnerable, right? It starts with being able to walk up to that person and say, Hey, I'm going through this too. And I'm really struggling and I could use a friend and look, anyone who's going through it is going to be like, Oh baby, come on, let's go. (laughs) Right. (laughs) So happy to hear from me too. Mm -hmm, Absolutely.
0: Oh my gosh, Kate, I could talk to you all day. I can't believe we're almost out of time, but I want you to tell my listeners a little bit more about what they can expect from your new book, The
1: D Word. Oh boy. Well, it's called The D Word, Making the Ultimate Decision About Your Marriage. And it really is a, um, uh, a guide for how to make this decision. Um, And it covers everything from, should I stay for my kids to, is the grass really greener on the other side? And I cover like, how does divorce actually work? Um, Because people kind of want to know that before they're going to go into it, right? Or they should. Um, I also do a lot of, um, you know, talking about the systemic issues that make women so unhappy in marriage. Um, I talk a lot about, um, abuse, narcissism, um, and various forms of domestic violence, because it's a very, unfortunately more common topic than I think most people want to know. Um, and it really, I mean, I, I, my goal is that everything I've learned over the last 12 years is in this book, (laughs) some, in some form or other, um, and that it is sort of, an accessible guide for anyone who is considering this.
0: I love it. And I want to ask you something. So Mm -hmm. you and I have kids around the same age. Mm -hmm. Do you remember when we were pregnant? There was a book out called "What to Expect" when you're speaking, and that's what book is reminding
1: me of. Yeah, it's right. What to expect when you're divorcing,
0: (laughs) right? And I truly wish that this would have been available when I was going through a divorce. It would have made everything just so much less scary because when you know what to expect or what you what could happen and all these things, it just makes everything
1: so much easier and less stressful. Yeah, there's one chapter in here about how to tell your husband because it's written for women um so how to tell your husband that you want a divorce and then the next section is all of the reactions that they're gonna have and my and i i can i talk to women all the time now who are like literally every single one literally it was like i they just went he just went down the checklist and you know and i know this because i've heard thousands of women talking about their husband's responses and reactions. And like, it's become so predictable to me, right? And so you have to remember that, you know, someone like Jackie, someone like me, you guys are going through this maybe for the first time, maybe for the second time, and you maybe only have the experience of your own divorce. I have heard, Jackie has heard hundreds, if not thousands of stories, and we know how this works, (laughs) right? And every divorce is unique, but right.
0: you're right. They're all the same themes and that we've heard everything pretty much. Yeah, exactly. exactly. Or maybe we ha- you could never hear everything. But Kate,
1: where can my readers find your book? Um, Anywhere that books are sold. I have a page on my website, which is kateanthony.com slash D word and all one word D word. And it, if, if there is any um, concern for privacy, I have some uh, suggestions and options of how you might buy the book without tipping off your spouse, right? You don't want this showing up in your Amazon order history mm-hmm. <laughs> if, if your spouse is not uh, tipped off to the fact that you're considering this. Or you could have it shipped like to your sister's house. You can exactly, you can have your sister buy it for you and then, you know, give it to you for Christmas. There's lots of options and lots of um, ideas on that page and also links to all the various places that you can buy it. But, you know, it's Amazon, Barnes and Noble, all of your usual places and hopefully your local bookseller, which would be a great place for you to buy it. Well, Kate, thank you so
0: much for taking time to do this. I loved our conversation and I loved all of your tips.
1: Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. And like Kate said, if
0: you want to find her, you can find her at kateanthony.com. The name of her podcast is the Divorce Survival Guide Podcast. And the name of her new book is The D Word out December 26th. And if you want to find trusted, vetted divorce professionals or listen to more podcasts or read articles or download my mobile app or sign up for my free consult, come see me at divorcedgirlsmiling.com. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. And we'll talk to you real soon.